0: psalm 19 verses 7 through 11 let's turn our bibles to psalm 19 verses 7 through 11 the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the lord is sure making wise the simple the statutes of the lord Are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse 10 More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb moreover by them your servant is warned and in keeping them there is great reward and in keeping them there is great reward psalm 19 verses 7 through 11 is the most comprehensive statement regarding the sufficiency of the scripture scripture is complete in itself it has everything that we need for to build our spiritual lives you know we are going to talk about one of the fundamental doctrines of christianity known as the doctrine of the sufficiency of scripture can you say that with me the doctrine of the sufficiency of scripture so this morning i would like to title my sermon as the sufficiency of scripture the sufficiency of scripture you know god's word is able or it is sufficient to meet human soul's desire and human soul's need david you know frequently verifies this as he sang the, many of the psalms he says you know your word is more than enough for me. So this morning we are talking about the sufficiency of God's word or the sufficiency of the scripture. So if we can quickly go back to the you know the verses that we read from Psalm 19 verses 7 through 9 David is making six statements about the scripture you know this morning I want you to follow very closely with me You know then only you'll be able to just just you know get what I'm trying to share this morning I believe God may help us there are six statements that the David is making here in Psalm 19 verses 7 through 11 We are going to see that quickly and every scripture and each title that he gives there, title for the scripture that includes a phrase of the lord can you say of the lord and that is followed by an unique characteristics of god's word so there is a title that describes god's word and that is followed by an unique characteristics of god's word there are six of them number one he says the law of the lord is perfect converting soul converting the soul the law of the Lord is perfect we are talking about the written word of God the scripture that we hold in our hands the scripture the word of God the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul the ability of God's word to bring transformation in our lives secondly he says the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise simple you know god's word has a special characteristics god's word has a special attribute that it is able to make uh, wise the simple you know that being said it is the wisdom imparting nature of god's word you know when you read god's word when you follow god's word it imparts wisdom in our lives thirdly he says the statutes of the lord are right rejoicing the heart you know the joy filling nature joy bringing nature of god's word the merry-making nature of god's word the statutes of the lord are right rejoicing the heart and then he goes forward and he says the commandments of the lord is pure enlightening the eyes you know the eye-opening nature of god's word when god's word come into our lives you know our spiritual eyes open and we will be able to receive what God wants to try to tell God is trying to tell us then he says the fear of the Lord is clean enduring forever he is referring to the word of God as fear of God fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever he's talking about the indistrup- indestructible nature of God's word that endures forever nobody can stop it nobody can destroy it then finally he says the judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. He's talking about you know the respectable the honorable nature of God's word and it's it, he's also telling about the virtuous nature of God's word. You know David is a man who knew how important the word of God is for him you know every time when he spoke to God he received from God and he started penning those things as the Word of God as he started listening from him as he starts speaking to God you know those are the scriptures that we have in our hands today in each case he's saying of the Lord you notice of the Lord the pure translation if you translate that into Hebrew that is nothing but Yahweh you know which is the covenant name of God you know he is holding on to the covenant name of God, and he's saying, "Lord, your law is perfect. Lord, your testimony will make is sure, your statutes are right, your commandments are pure, and your fear of the Lord is clean, and the judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether." Clearly David believed that Scripture proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Scripture proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, this morning, this sermon is not sermon is not really going to you know give you a hype, or this sermon is not really going to give you a goosebump. or you cannot you cannot really say that during the sermon? Amen, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But you can still say that. But the sermon will tell about you know how important the Word of God is. I want you to just bear with me and listen to me carefully. Each of the six statements, high statement highlights the characteristics of the Word of God. And it also talks about the effect that it makes on anyone who embraces it. You know, the best way to describe word of God is to highlight there are another five unique attributes of God's word. you may be knowing about it. Let's go through that quickly. There are another five different attributes of God's word. That's the best way to put it. We say word of God, number one is authentic the word of god or the bible that we hold in our hands is authentic when you say authentic it represents the genuine and undisputed nature of god's word it is the authentic word of god that we hold in our hands today god speaking to man when you say word of god it simply means god telling something to you and me and how God tells something to you and me he tells that through his word so the word of God is authentic the word of God is also reliable that simply means it is consistent it is good in quality and it is good in performance it is consistent it is totally reliable word of God the word of God is infallible that simply means it is dependable it is incapable of going wrong God's word can never go wrong it is incapable of going wrong it is always right especially it is incapable of going wrong in topic, topics related to faith and the implementation or practice of faith that's what infallible means irrefutable God's word when we say God's word is irrefutable that simply means it is impossible to disprove God's word it is impossible to disprove or deny or prove it wrong. It is never possible to disprove God's word. That's what it means when we say irrefutable, inherent word of God. Inherent simply means it is incapable of going wrong in any matter that word of God deals with. You know, what a perfect, what a precise word that God spoke and given in our hands this morning you know I believe we need to be delighting in the word of God we need to be cherishing in the law of the Lord and we need to we need to just take it as 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 it is as the word that came from heaven to you and me that's why we say the word of God is authentic it is reliable it is infallible it is irrefutable it is inherent word of God you know you know in the history there were many people they raised against the word of God They wanted to destroy the word of God. They wanted to wipe away Bible from the face of the the earth. And even today there are many more thousands and thousands and millions of copies are printed every day and getting distributed. You know nobody could dispute, nobody could argue, nobody could stand against the word of God. People can stand against church, people can destroy the believers, people can destroy us and kill us. But nobody can wipe away the precious word of God from the face of this earth. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But his word stays forever. Amen? This morning God is talking to us. Let, let me give you a quick outline of my sermon. This is just an introduction. Let me give a quick outline. This is what we are going to talk about. We are going to give and continue to admire the word of God. We are going to continue to admire the sufficiency of God's word. And the reason why we say it is sufficient. What are the benefits and what are the exclusions? We well, Let's talk about it. And secondly we are going to talk about the cautions, the attack on scriptural sufficiency spiritual gifts non-biblical writings and modernism you know this is a kind of quick outline for today's sermon let's let's continue to admire the word of god this morning the sufficiency of god's word you know one of the most important doctrines of christianity that is very respected in the word of god in the bible is known as the sufficiency of scripture that's what we are talking about the sufficiency of scripture can be defined in this fashion as we see that in the screen you know this is how we can define the sufficiency of scripture the bible i want you to read with me the bible is all that is necessary for the believer to understand the character of god the nature of man and the doctrine of sin heaven hell and salvation through jesus christ god's word is all that is necessary for us to know god and to know about us and to know god's plan for us on the face of this earth let's go a little further let's talk about the reason why we say that god's word is all sufficient why do we say that the sufficiency of scripture means listen to me there is nothing else need to be revealed to humanity about god or is plan for human race there is nothing else that needs to be revealed other than what is already revealed in the word of god that's what sufficiency means there is nothing else we need to know about god other than what is written already in the word of god there is nothing else that god can expect from mankind other than what is expected already in the word of god You know no human addition is never required to make the scripture better no human addition is never expected to make the scripture better no human effort is required to make the scripture complete it is complete in itself no human effort is required so scripture God's word is self-sufficient and it is self-sufficient in itself that's what it means that's what it means when we say the sufficiency of the scripture. Apostle Paul says, let's get into the scriptures quickly, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, he says, And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise the holy scriptures are able to make us wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus verse 16. shall we read together all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine means it is profitable for principles and policies and for for reproof that means for rebuke word of god rebukes us for correction for instruction in righteousness verse 17 that the man of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work you know if you would have read read this very closely very carefully you would realize the word of god is able to make one wise and the same word of god maybe it's, it's it's you know it's complete and it is able to equip each us of us so that we'll be able to do the good work for God and every scripture all scripture is given by the inspiration of God can you say inspiration another version says in the, in the verse 16 if I read it in the English standard version ESV says all scripture is breathed out by God you know as God spoke it is his breath. It is his breath that came forth from him. That's how God spoke. Let's also read scriptures uh, from Second Peter chapter one verse twenty-one. Second Peter verse uh, chapter one verse twenty-one. For pro- pro- prophecy, you know, when you say prophecy, it is referring to the scripture. You know, many of the sections of this book is prophetic so the prophecy never came by the will of man but holy men of god spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit so how prophecy uh, came it came when men of god they spoke how holy men of god spoke as they were moved as they were you know enabled to speak by the holy spirit so scripture says all scripture it's breathed by God. Listen to me now carefully. All Scripture is breathed by God, not by man. Unless God adds something to it, man is incapable of adding anything to the Scripture because they were not just written; they were breathed. They were spoken by God. So only God can do something to this. If, if at all, you know, somebody can do something. Man is incapable of doing anything to this word. No man-made right Man-made writing is sufficient to equip us for any good work but god's word says it is able it is it is completely perfectly it is able make me complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work if scripture is sufficient to thoroughly equip us nothing else is needed listen to me if scripture is it's complete by itself and it is able it is sufficient to equip us to do good work i don't need anything else other than the scripture so scripture is all sufficient scripture is all sufficient it is written by god breath by god and i can't alter it and it is more than enough to give to to equip me to produce good work in my life and nothing else is going to do it Other than the word of god that's the reason we say that it is all sufficient let's move further let's talk about some of the benefits in what way the self-sufficiency of scripture is going to benefit us there are eight benefits just want to quickly go through along with you number one the bible alone has the answer for life's most important questions Bible has an answer for life's most important question the central questions of life the worth of life the purpose of life what is life after death there are so many questions that we have today and we find answer for all the life-centered questions in this book number two everything that we need to know about God has already been revealed listen to me Not everything that we may want to know about God, but everything that we need to know about God is already revealed through the word. There are many things that are not known to us. There are many things that we do not know. There are many things that we do not know about heaven. There are many things that we do not know. After death, what happens? Because we've never been there. Have you been there after death? Any of you? Died and came back? no right we don't know and we don't hear them once they die they don't speak to us they are gone we don't listen to them we believe what the word of God says so Word of God knows shows and tells us everything that we need to know but there are many things which we do not know which we may not know scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 29 29 deuteronomy 29 29 bible says the secret things belong to lord to the lord our god can you read this with me and understand the secret things belong to the lord our god but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law this book is the revealed this book reveals what we need to know There are many secret things which we do not know and scripture very clearly says the secret things belong to god you know there is a reason why he has chosen not to reveal those things to us and who knows about it god only knows about it so somebody is coming to you and telling you which is not in the scripture but he's saying that god is revealing to me god cannot do it know it because scripture says the secret things belong to me I will immediately rush and open the Bible and see where it is written otherwise it doesn't make any sense to me and I don't want to go there because it is dangerous if I try to know which is something which is not in the Word of God that's not my job I don't want to go there number three information about God was sufficient for all the stages of life in each dispensation god revealed himself in a different way they are all in the book god revealed himself to adam and eve and he did not reveal himself in the same way to noah he did not reveal himself in the same way to moses he did not reveal him in the same way to the disciples in each time god revealed himself in many different ways so scripture is all sufficient for all stages of human life number four we do not need some authority figure to interpret Bible for us listen to me we don't need a creed we don't need some teaching we don't need even a concordance and a commentary it's all good to have they are all not really required to study Bible because it is a plain English written word of God and thank God we have English in all the many languages It is written in our own languages, that language that we can study and understand. Thank God for all the help, but really we don't need them. Number five, God would not give us a confused revelation. He's not a God of confusion. He doesn't give us a confused revelation. You remember the scripture that Jesus spoke? If a son asks for bread, will the father give stone? Will he? Yes or no? he will not give if the son asks for fish will the father give snake no so he is not a God of confusion and if you read the Bible we will be able to understand what God is trying to tell tell to us convey to us he will not lead us into any confusion number six the Creed and the church councils are insufficient to establish this truth you know no traditional or no orthodox Creed or a or a prayer book which we read repeatedly in our church service services nothing can replace the word of God that is spoken already that we have in our hands number seven Isaiah really emphasized that each believer he says should thoroughly search scripture Now I really use some of the Bible searching tools you know that are available today we need to search we need to search and find out what is written in the Word of God. I and mean, you know, you thank God for all the technology today. You know, whatever you want to try, whatever you want to know, you can search and find out. There is nothing wrong in searching in this Bible and online Bible. There is nothing wrong. You need to search the Word of God, search the right version, search, search the right Bible. There are different Bibles today. Search in the right Bible. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16 says, You know, this is what God says search from the book of the Lord and read. What does it say? It doesn't say that you know, always sit and listen to some sermon. It doesn't say, it says, search from the book of the Lord and read. Not one of them, not one of these shall fail. You know, just simply English, simple English, you can understand. Nothing written is going to fail. Not one shall lack her mate. What does it mean? If you see a scripture, there is a relevant scripture. There is a scripture, another scripture. Scripture speaks for scripture. You know, there is another scripture that interprets this scripture. So there is nothing like hermit. That simply means, if you read one scripture, look for another scripture that supports the scripture. For my mouth has commanded it, and the spirit has gathered them. You know, as God spoke, you know, as God spoke, spirit of God went and gathered all the scriptures and put them in the form of a book in our hands. Number eight we can evaluate everything else in the light of the scripture the sufficiency of scripture doesn't really ask us to reject everything else there are right books and there are wrong books listen there are right sermon and there are wrong sermon there are right teaching and there are wrong teaching god is asking not asking us to reject everything but god is telling us that we need to evaluate everything in the light of the scripture the moment we get something let's bring it to the word of god and understand the word for that to happen we need to know the scripture thirdly let's talk about the exclusion when we say the sufficiency of scripture listen to me that doesn't really mean Scripture is the only thing that we need to live on this earth. No, 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 it's not. We are not talking about that. Scripture is the only thing that is needed for our soul. Scripture is the only thing that is needed for our life eternal. But we are living in this world. Bible is not a science book. It is, it is scientific in nature, but it is not a science book. Bible is not really an investment guideline. Bible is not like a technological in you know, a publication it's not a white paper written on some topic but bible is the revelation of god and if you want not understand bible this is a simple way bible really tells who god is bible really tells who god who we are and it talks about the purpose of life it talks that you know, it talks about the separation we that had from, from God when we sinned and the penalty for sin which was already paid and it says that one day we are going to be reunited with God and life eternal, that's what Bible talks about. We see God in this book and we also see ourselves in this book. When we read we see God and when we read it talks to us, we see ourselves in the mirror and we see what had happened behind us and we also see what is ahead of us that's what is this book is all about now to be successful in science listen to me we need to read science and we need to study science to be successful in economics someone has to read about economics and someone has to you know um, observe the trend of business or the economy someone wants to succeed in sport for example they need to read the guidelines that is needed to you know perform in that game or in that sport someone need to be successful in marriage you need to understand your spouse these are all very important some of the exclusions because we are living in this world obviously you know someone wants to pilot an airplane he needs to learn there are many things that we need to do on the face of this earth But we are talking about the sufficiency of the scripture. Why God's word is sufficient for us to live on the face of this earth. To fulfill his desire in our lives. And when we live from the face of this earth, we will get into eternity. That's what the word of God is talking about. Let's move on to the second section of the message this morning. Let's talk about some of the cautions. There is a great attack on the sufficiency of the word of God today and satan knows it very clearly he knows very clearly that he cannot bring attack from outside he tried in the past to bring attack to the sufficiency of god's word from outside and he failed he failed nobody could do anything nobody could destroy but you know what he's trying he is he since he cannot do it from outside because of the past history he's trying to bring this attack from within the church He's trying to bring this attack from among the children of god so he's raising attack within the from within the church this morning let's understand first of all spiritual gifts are a terrible attack for the sufficiency of the word of god i will help you here we all believe the word of knowledge the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and also the associated gift known as prophecy they are all known as revelation gift all the three vocal revelation gifts but if these gifts are not understood and if they are not used correctly they can attack the sufficiency the authority of god's word when someone says you know i'm just going to talk about something now practical when someone says I have a word for you from the lord or it may be a prophetical utterance saying that you know thus saith the lord there are prophecies break forth breaks forth you know thus saith the lord or it may be a vision or it may be a dream i thoroughly understand that god speaks even today you need to be very careful following me god speaks in this way to individuals god also speaks in this way in a church setup but i have a problem accepting everything that it is from god and that may be my problem just i want you to listen to my problem i have a problem in accepting everything that is from god if conditions if i do not know the person who gives the word it may be my personal opinion too just forgive me for saying it if I do not know the person who is giving me the word or who is giving that this is what God wants you to do, I'm not going to take it because I don't know him. Because the Bible says, Ev- test every spirit. Bible also says, every tree is known by its, by its fruit. So I don't have enough time to see the fruit of that man. I'm not going to take it. And if it is commanded, it is a command coming from the Lord or coming from somewhere for that matter, telling the church, you all need to do it. And you all need to expect it to obey. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to do it because as a leader of the congregation, first of all, I need to be convinced that that is needed. Thirdly, if the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or prophecy, if it is not backed up, if it is not supported by Bible, I'm not going to do it, accept it. We are not going to accept it. And sometimes I don't know the end result of it. That's fine. But I don't know the use of it. Even that may be fine. But I need to still evaluate before I really do anything. The same as the word comes to you saying that, okay, tomorrow morning you need to pack up everything and go from here. You won't do it immediately. You will just wait and verify and analyze. Is it really God? Is it flesh? Or is it somebody else talking to me? You know, you do all these things. Otherwise, you simply reject the revelation and move forward. We are talking about the attack that's coming against the sufficiency of god's word people who believe this there's a multitude of people who believe in what they hear what they hear listen to me people who believe this in this way how god speaks to them always people who wait for god to speak to them through one of these revelation gifts either word of wisdom or word of knowledge or the prophetic gift for every decision know i know people for every move they call the prophet and get a word from him before doing it i'm not trying to say whether it's right or wrong but i'm saying that there is an all-sufficient word of god that we have in our hands just continue with me those who believe that this is the way god spoke to me speaks to me in every decision of my life i have a question If God continues to reveal his will and his wisdom through special revelations, through individuals, through the gift of prophecy, through the word of of knowledge and word of wisdom, then can this word, this Bible, be truly sufficient to equip me, to make me complete? or to keep me thoroughly to do good to every good work for everything in my life if i depend on those prophetic revelations not by reading the book not by reading and understanding the all-sufficient book if i depend on that this paul says in timothy this is the one this will equip you this is complete in itself and what is the use of this what is the use of this if the word word is all-sufficient why do we need another revelation to support the revealed truth in this context I believe this is the revelation and this is the revealed truth nothing else this is the only revelation this is the revealed truth and nothing else then what is the gift of word of knowledge and the gift of word of wisdom because i do believe in that too what is that shall we define it this way can you read this and try to understand if it is a god-given ability to speak the scriptural word skillfully into a life situation with all discernment as the word of god is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even the division of souls and spirit and of joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the indents of our heart you know if the word of god our word of knowledge and word of wisdom applies and functions in my life I will take this and I will send this, I will use this because this is a revelation that God has given me about your life. I will not try to speak my own word. I will not capture something from the air and speak over your life. It can be from God, it can be from demon, it can be from another spirit, it can be most of the time it is from our flesh. You know, when we deal with prophets, I used to say that my experience Whenever prophecy came forth, 50% of time it was success, and 50% of time it was failure from the well known prophets. So I believe there is a gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy, put this friend, sense this word of God. Because this is a revealed word of God. There is nothing else other than what is written in the word of God. I'll help you a little more here. Word of knowledge and word of wisdom can never be. Different from God's word. It is the God's word. It all depends how do we skillfully exercise this word of God into somebody's situation. And how do we teach them skillfully the word of God. So that their eyes open up and they will realize yes this is the word that God is speaking to me today. And we certainly need that skill to share the word of God. We need that discernment you know to understand what situation someone is in today. Spiritual gifts are not to tell what we see what we hear and what we feel that spirit is telling they are basically not our experience they are the word of god that is revealed already that is revealed already listen to me carefully one more practical example we all go through this when a minister of god comes listen to me very carefully it's interesting when a minister of god comes and lays his hand on you And when he says few things about your past life teardrops will fall from your eyes why because God knows my past which is already there which is already written but you don't believe this but we believe when someone says listen to me carefully my question is why then when the Word of God comes into our life the living The powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, and joint and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. When this word of God is preached, our heart is like a hard rock. Listen to me. When this word of God is preached, our mind roams around here and there, or we even sleep at times. And when this word of God is preached, you don't show any interest to learn the word of god but when someone lays over his hand on us and tells about your past you cry what a fake devotion christianity living in is living in today what a fake excitement these gifts are generating in our lives i want you to understand i'm here with a, with with a cry in my heart with a passion in my soul this is the word of god there is nothing else listen to me I may try to take you to the extreme. Because that much of damage is already made in Christianity. God says in Isaiah 66 too, I will look at the one with favor who humbles and trembles at my word. At my word. We are trembling before people. We are trembling and falling down before man. Ordinary mortal man. God is expecting us to tremble before his word. Do not follow sensual. Do not follow carnal excitement-causing Christianity that promotes mystical heights and signs and wonders. I believe in signs and wonders. God does miracles. But people are getting carried away, far away from this word, by looking at the signs and what they can offer through the spiritual gifts. More than good, they bring so much of danger as they have nothing to offer to our soul. Our soul is not going to be, none at all going to be nourished by those moments. You get excited in that moment and just walk away. Soul nourishment coming only by feeding our soul in this word. That's where our soul is nourished. Follow scripture. That is all sufficient. Spiritual gifts can be an attack for the scriptural sufficiency. Number two non-biblical writings give me 10 more minutes non-biblical writings are a severe attack on Christianity sorry, severe attack on scriptural sufficiency there are two types of non-biblical writings some of you know about it but I think it's important for us to know this they are known as the lost books of the Bible and also the non-canonical Gospels there are books People treat that equally along with the Bible. Not another religion. We are talking about Christianity. These so-called lost books were not included in the Bible for several reasons. Why these are all not included in the Bible. First of all, they lack apostolic or prophetic authorship. Secondly, they did not claim to be the true word of God. They contain unbiblical concepts. Such as praying for the dead second Maccabees, second maccabees chapter 12 verse 45 to 46 can you read you don't have it in your bible just put that for a reason we are reading from second maccabees sorry we are not reading from our bible but we are reading from another bible it's another book non-biblical book chapter 12 verses 45 and 46 let's read there's nothing wrong in reading it but don't take it and because he considered that they who had fallen asleep those who died with godliness had great grace laid up for them verse 46 it is therefore a holy and wholesome thought to pray for the dead that they may be loosed from sin a non-biblical document that is a major threat for the scriptural sufficiency these books were never authoritative or inspired are authentically written by either a Jewish prophet or a Christian apostle. Some of these writings include, we have just a lame name of them in the screen for you first and second, Esdras, Tobit, Judith, and rest of Esther, the wisdom of Solomon, Sirach, also titled as Ecclesiasticus, Barak, the letter of Jeremiah song of the three young men susanna Baal and the dragon the Additions to daniel the prayer of manasseh and first and second maccabees now a couple of them these were picked up by catholics and they have this bible and they added some of these that is becoming a great threat for all the sufficiency of this god's word the books that are accepted as inspired and included in the catholic bibles are these Tobit and Judith? First and two Maccabees. That's what they read, the verse that we read, praying for the dead, is in 2nd Maccabees. They do it. Praying to a saint, it is there in one of these books. They do it. They believe this, and they also believe another Bible and as an attachment, wisdom of Solomon Sirach, also known as Ecclesiasticus and Barak. Now, these additional non-biblical, non-canonical documents, they have become a threat for the all-sufficiency of the word of God. Let's come back to the scripture. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principle of the world, not according to Christ. How important it is to stay between these two binders. How important it is to stay in these scriptures, in these words. Jude 1, 3, Jude says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. How many times it was delivered? Once for all, there is no addition to this book that is needed. Jude says, which was once for all delivered to the saints. No addition is required. The so Bible is all that is necessary for a believer to understand the character of God, the nature of man, and the doctrine of sin, heaven, hell salvation through jesus christ and eternity paul writes in galatians saying it is very critical not to accept anything you know he's saying that it is very very important which is not biblical you know there is no way you can understand it but you can accept he says in galatians chapter 1 verses 8 and 9 let's read that together but even if we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you let him be cursed accursed that's what paul says and he says as we have said before so now i say again if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received let him be accursed we need to know our bible finally the third enemy the third attack that comes against the all-sufficiency of God's word is modernism the sufficiency of scripture is attack under attack today and sadly that attack too comes from the church non-biblical management principles non-biblical you know a worldly method to attract crowd are brought into churches today some of them are not in the Bible Some of them are not in alignment with the word of God and they attack. Do we really need that to worship God? Do we really need those things to exalt God? Those extra biblical revelations, those mysticism and some of the psychological counseling that is being given to children of God. You know, they all attack the valuability, the valuable nature of God's word. But Jesus said, this is what he said, my sheep listen to my voice i know them and they follow me and his voice is all that we need to hear his voice is all that we need to listen there is so much of distraction so much of noise everywhere but god is calling the church to listen to his voice and this is where we can find his voice churches have looked up psychology to fill the gaps you know they bring professional psychologists you know to substitute to certain extent the scriptures and the people who are skilled in scriptures already they try to offer those things through psychology and the Bible's all sufficiency is questioned you know moreover psychology tend to people more depend on the therapist but you know what the understanding of the scripture always turns us towards the all-sufficient God and to the all-sufficient Scripture. This morning God is speaking to us on the sufficiency of His Word. This is the only one thing that is reliable. Nothing else. Nothing else. Everything will fade away. But this doesn't fade away. Hold on to it. Read this Word of God and understand the Word of God and you will realize God is speaking to you. Shall we all stand for a moment this morning as we close? Just want to highlight couple of my thoughts here and we are just going to continue a short time of prayer the bible is all that is necessary for a believer to understand the character of God to understand the nature of man and to understand the doctrine of sin heaven hell and the salvation that brought forth through Lord Jesus Christ there is nothing else we need to know other than what is already revealed in the word of God no human addition is really required to make scripture better they cannot do because the scripture holy scripture is birthed by god scripture is all sufficient nothing more is needed to be added to the scripture because this contains everything that you need and i need spiritual gifts are an attack on scriptural sufficiency they are capable of producing fake devotion and they are capable of causing excitement at times long for the scripture than the gift long for god to speak to you through this word than hearing from somebody else this can never go wrong this can never go wrong any additional book that we read any additional sermon that we listen any additional testimony that we listen any additional teachings that we may come across we need to descend those things in the light of the word of God because there is nothing outside of it this word contains everything that you and I need I believe this morning God is speaking to us as our eyes closed I want you to think where do you stand with respect to all that you heard this morning